the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program right here on AM 630 The Word. You know, I've been reading uh, the New Testament, and I love the book of John. John opens up with one of those, so it's one of the most famous uh, passages in, in John chapter 1, where he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I love that whole section. But after that, uh, we begin to see how John says, Hey, this is the guy I've been talking about. He's right here. Behold, the Lamb of God. And and Andrew, one of his one of his disciples, he turns around and he says, you know what, John, thanks. But I found somebody better. You introduced me to Jesus. And Andrew, being the disciple of John, now starts following Jesus. And I love what Andrew does. Andrew takes the opportunity and he runs home. He runs to his brother. He doesn't stay quiet. He has found the Messiah and he knows it and he does not keep it to himself. He runs and finds none other than Peter. And he says, bro, I found him. The one that we have been expecting, the one we've been looking for. I found him. And he introduces Peter to, to Jesus. And Jesus then, then, then Jesus renames him Peter and gives him that name. Uh, but it is, it is that, that ability to move, that flexibility that I find so interesting in Andrew, a disciple that, that perhaps is credited with one soul being converted. <laughs> Just one. In our day and age, one would not be enough. You know, if, if that was the report you're giving your pastor, I, I, I brought one person to the Lord. Uh, maybe your pastor would say, try harder next time, son. Uh, but the one that he brought was Peter. And Peter, after having, if you fast forward to the book of Acts, after his ups and downs, and you have some patience with the guy. After some ups, ups and downs, he has his, his encounter and he has his Pentecost moment. And then he opens his mouth and 3,000 people get saved. And so today I want to encourage you as you're listening, you're driving around. I'm, perhaps I'm, I'm right in your ear and... And I want to encourage you to don't stay quiet. Be flexible. If God is leading you, let him lead you. Let him lead you. Leave, leave, go, from, go from religion. Maybe religion has, has brought you this far. But go from religion and now move into relationship. It's of movement. You see, many times we get stuck with monuments in our life. And we, we, we enjoy the monument. But in reality, the kingdom of God is a movement. 
And so we have to be flexible. We have to be able to continue taking that step, that walk that, that, that Christ has challenged us with this walk of faith. And so hold on to that. Get flexible. Do your stretches. We're going to move because this is a movement. We're not called to stay stuck. So with that said, I want to I wanna, uh, invite none other uh, than one of our great pastors here in our lovely city of San Antonio, Pastor, pastor Zach Cherian. He is the senior pastor at Brazen Grace Fellowship. So, Pastor Zach, thank you for coming out today and being with us here in the KSLR studios. Marcus, thank you for having me. It's a joy to be back here again. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been so long that I wasn't even the guy. Yeah. He was another guy. <laughs> it was. Who did you, who did you uh, interview with? Baron. With Baron. Baron wow. Wiley himself. Well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. Love him so much. We love Baron Wiley. Yeah. Many people know Baron, yeah. and he's a great guy. Uh, and I thank God that he let go of the mic, and he did kind of with me what uh, what John, what Andrew did with John. Yeah. And he let go of the mic. He says, "Your turn now." Right. So, so Zach, tell me, tell me a little bit. You know what? I want to I want to hear a little bit of your testimony. I know there there, there we could go for a, a long time with it, but tell me, where, where are you a PK? Where where are you from? What? Tell me a little bit about yourself. It's a it's a shocking testimony uh, in the fact that I am a PK. Yeah. But I was born and raised in India, in South India. And uh, my father was a preacher for many years. In fact, he is currently in, in America with us right now. Uh, served the Lord for over 45 years. I grew up a PK, but as uh, usual, um, being a PK didn't save me. That's right. I had to encounter Jesus for myself. And um, I say this in humor, but PKs tend to have special demons assigned to them. <laughs> I had my own uh, set of struggles, uh, but the Lord encountered me in a glorious way in 1993, um, had, a, had a divine encounter with the Lord that changed my life forever. How old were you? I was 13. All right. 13 years old, and, uh, but uh, built up quite a testimony by then. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, gloriously encountered by the love of God. And I was, I was scared into heaven quite a few times before that. Uh, but in 93, I fell in love and I never turned back. <laughs> well, most of us PKs have heard that sermon uh, the, that, that put fear yeah. in our hearts and we ran to the altar, but only to run back. Yeah, it's either running to the altar or running into our mom and dad's room to see if they're still there. <laughs> you know, you don't want to see their clothes folded left on the bed by any chance because, good Lord, you missed it. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. I grew up in church. I'm yeah. a PK. One time we're in church, one Sunday night. You know, we were in church all the time. And and I fell asleep because I was a kid and uh, my parents forgot me. <laughs> I wake up in the sanctuary. Lights are off. Nobody's oh, in the room. No. The place is locked. And the first thought that comes to my mind. You missed it. I missed it. <laughs> I got left behind. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Is it too late for me? Yeah. So, But thank God they came back for me. Yeah. But that seems to be kind of the mindset, too, even years later, that the church has been so evacuation-minded, we forget occupation. Yes. And Jesus left us behind to occupy. And, um, you know, I think that's the exciting part of what you guys are doing here at KSLR and what the church in San Antonio is doing, that we're waking up to this not escapist mindset, but to, to manifest the kingdom of God and establish his kingdom right here and to see his purpose established, especially with what's going on in the city right now. Man, I love that. Uh, the prophet said, you know what, Mary, give your children to be married because it's going to be, are you going to be here? Yeah. You might as well sow some seeds. You might as well do some things right and enjoy your time here because you're here. Yeah. And so with that, 
with that, there are responsibilities mm. that we as citizens, that we are being citizens of the kingdom of God, citizens of heaven, but as well citizens in this great city of ours, yeah. that we should I love that. I love that. We're, we're not just looking forward to when we leave, the great by and by, mm. but looking forward to what we can do here until he comes. Yeah. You know, the Bible says we're so fo- fixated on be not of this world. Mm. But the first part of that says be in the world, That's right. but not of this world. Yes, we belong to a different kingdom. Yes, we represent a different king. But we're supposed to be in the world, not just to... You know, as the old thing says, so heavenly minded, there were no earthly good. But That's I really right. believe God's called us to be salt and light in the earth right now. And, you know, as you've heard many times, salt is flavorful, but it also brings healing. Mm-hmm. But light is the thing that pushes away darkness. And that's a force. That's that's a proactive action. That's a movement, as you called it, and started this uh, this thing off. And and I think that's the beauty about what the Church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be doing on the earth right now. We're supposed to be making an impact. Absolutely. We're supposed to be making a mess, if you would. I love I love when I think of making a mess. And Being I, brazen. I, oh, come on now. <laughs> I love when Jesus walks into the in into the, the temple and he starts making a mess. Oh yeah. Because things are so out of order that that he, he makes a ruckus. He yeah. he turns tables over and, and and we have this idea that us us Christians should should just be meek and mild and let people step on us and whatever you want and you know I can't I can't say too much and I think that's a lie. Mm. I think we need to you know we we need to make some noise. We need to let everybody know that we're here and we're, and we have a message and the message is love. Yeah. It's not that we're hating everybody. No. You know, we've, we've we we don't hate, hate anybody. Exactly. We put they put that label on us, and, but that's not who we are. We are a people of love. Mm. We accept you. We don't we don't necessarily like sin, mm. but we as well are sinners, yeah. and, and we're we're looking to be that that righteous people. Yeah. And so, uh, tell me, Pastor, how how do you how do you think we can we, we we can exercise that. What are some ways that we can exercise that love, that responsibility? You know, Marcus, you, you mentioned the story of Jesus going into the temple. We just talked about that at Brazen Grace. And and the beauty of it in, in the book of John, it you know, Jesus, you see him emotional. You see him passionate. Yes. He, you know, he's not walking around with two fingers in the air like we see in the cute <laughs> movies. But you see him seriously passionate. But he says, you've turned, number one, my father's house into a house of merchandise. Mm. And that's the thing that I love about that, that he was trying to restore back that father heart of God. You know, Jesus came to reveal what the father was really like to a people that had no revelation of what he was like. And they had made up their own ideas because of living under the old covenant system of what God was like. And then Jesus comes in and says, no, it's my father's house, our father, which are, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. It was always about revealing the father because, you know, sometimes we tend to do the Easter just finished and we tend to do the good cop, bad cop. You know, the father's the angry trident up there buzzing you every time you mess up and Jesus is the good guy. And the only way the father likes you is if you go through Jesus, because until you go through Jesus, the father can't stand you. And see, we come up with these ideas that the father kind of puts up with us because of Jesus. But no, Jesus came to say, no, me and the father are one. So if I'm loving you, the father is loving you. If I'm accepting you, the father is accepting you. If I'm forgiving you, the father is forgiving you. And then he says, but you've turned my father's house into into a house of merchandise. That one sticks with me because sadly, sometimes we still live in the sense of if I can give something, then I can get something from God. If I do something, then God will do something for me. I can earn it. I can earn it. And, that, and that's the beauty of uh, this 
this revolution, this movement that Jesus brought, that it was nothing that I could do to get it, earn it, or receive it. He's already given it to me freely. I just have to accept it. And then when he leaves us with this beautiful new covenant, this beautiful grace, this new thing, he says, now spread this love. Spread this love. And love is not this cute little sit-back feeling. It's a force. It's powerful. You know, the Bible says God is love. Everything about God is love. There's nothing about him that is not love. So if love and God are interchangeable, and I'm not talking about the emotion, I'm talking about the real love that God is, then if I read Genesis 1 or John 1, which are kind of parallels if you study, John has the audacity to say in the beginning like Genesis 1 says. But if you read that, it says in the beginning, love created the heavens and the earth. You know? And so when when you see that, Love is not just a, you know, sit back and get stepped over love, but love changes things. It was darkness was upon the face of the deep and then love spoke and love said light be and everything changed. So love is a force. It's not about us as the church of Jesus Christ or the church of his love sitting back and just letting someone tell us what our love should be like or what our love shouldn't be. But really this advancing kingdom, you know, of his kingdom of love. There shall be no end. It's an advancing kingdom. It's an ever-increasing kingdom. And I'm, and I'm grateful for the fact that in San Antonio, there's a level of unity we've never seen in a long time. Right. Where the churches are coming together in love. I mean, different denominations. We don't agree on most anything. But we agree on one thing. Jesus is Lord. That's right. And Jesus is love. And we don't want to be misrepresented as people of hate. That's right. Or that just because we disagree that we have to be disrespectful and denied rights. And so in a, in a beautiful way, San Antonio is coming together in these days, which I love. And, and it's, a, it's a wonderful thing because this is not about party, Marcus. This is not right. about D or this is not about R. That's this has right. got nothing to do with this. When, when, when God raises someone up and we see the hand of God on them, we stand with them. Um, and that's the beauty about, of, of San Antonio, of different denominations, different pastors, leaders, ministries coming together, lay people, because this is not about full-time ministry at all. This is about the kingdom through everyone. I don't even believe in full-time ministers anymore because we all are. That's We're right. all called by God. <laughs> you know, you're, as you're talking about love, that, that is so intriguing. And one of the, the, one of the hurdles that we have in understanding or trying to even allow and receive that love is our past experiences. Yes. You know, when we, where many times I've preached about the love of God, uh, our father, and, and I get pushback. Why? Because this person has had a horrible experience with their earthly father. Mm. And when we say God is love, well, so, you know, they're looking at you at the side of their face yeah. saying, well, you know what? My heart got broken last time I trusted somebody. You know, how, how do we grapple with that, that, uh, you know, what you have, what you experience, the emotion of love mm. uh, is, is not what really we're talking about when it comes to God's love. The person of love. Yeah. How, how, would, how would you how would you help explain that today? You know, Marcus, I can draw um, a line between two disciples that I can think of that come to my mind as we're talking. And uh, it's beautiful. Thank you for this opportunity. It's beautiful. I just feel the presence of God here. And I hope those of our friends watching can tangibly feel this Jesus because yes. I'm from India. We have millions of gods. That's right. That's but right. the God I serve is not a God who died and stayed dead, but he rose again and he's alive and his presence is real. Even to that listener right now that is listening, that the presence of God can touch them. But as I think about love, I think of two people. There was one disciple that bragged about his love for God, that boasted, you know, I love God so much. And he would tell Jesus, you know, Jesus, all these disciples will forsake you, but I won't leave you because I love you. And, and he had this audacity to his love, but sadly it came from his own strength. It came from his own emotion of love. And the thing about love is uh, the emotion of love is sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't. 
But then there's the covenant of love, which has nothing to do with us. It comes from the Father. When Peter talked about love, he talked about how much he loved God. And, and, and when Jesus gets taken away, his love goes out the window. Mm-hmm. He tries to protect Jesus by taking the year off. But you see, when we try to help God in our own strength, we end up making a mess. And then Jesus has to clean up our mess and put yeah. the year back. And then here is his hero, his dream, his everything he thought was going to be. And he was going to sit at his right hand, getting taken away by the soldiers. And then they beat him and they kill him. And they hang him on the cross and his whole world falls apart. Peter's love goes out the window. Because I remember when Peter was audaciously declaring his love for God, his love for Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, this day, this day you will deny me three times because you're depending on your own strength to love me. But then there was another disciple, Marcus, and his name was John. John very rarely spoke about how much he loved God, but he has a thing throughout the book of John, which is my favorite gospel. And he says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. So his emphasis was not on his ability to love God, but on his ability to receive God's love. And you talked about people that are hurting right now. Now, sometimes your marriage might look like it's failing. Your relationships might look like they're failing because you're trying to love someone in your own strength and really are It is not by our might. It's not by our power. It's only by the Spirit of the Lord that we can receive this love. In the book of 1 John, John the Beloved puts it so beautifully. He says, we love only because he first loved us. I don't have the capacity to come up with this love. I don't even have, I have the emotion and the feeling. It's probably like like. That's the closest thing we could come to describing it. But if you tick me off, you betray me, you hurt me, I'm done with you, bro. And that's why marriages end all the time because the emotion runs out, but the covenant doesn't stand. You know, but the beauty about Jesus is he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And many of our friends listening may have let God go and they feel like they failed him. They have betrayed him. They've walked away from him. They sin habitually and they think God cannot like me. And I want you to know, my friend, that he promised he will never leave you, never forsake you. And the beauty is that that love that he gives you unconditionally is the solution to your weakness, to your bondage, to your addiction. And that love can break chains. It can set you free. So rather than you trying to love God, today I will encourage you to receive His love. And, you know, in the church, sometimes we, we force people. We say, we, we say things like, you know, you were created to worship, so you better worship or you are not doing what you were created to do. The more I study the Bible, the book of Revelation says, No, God, thou art worthy, O Lord, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure yes. they were created. We were made for His love. <laughs> yes. God takes pleasure in us. It's not that we have to come up with this worship. The only worship we can give Him is the love He first gives us. The only love I can give the Father is when He first lavishes, lavishes us with His love. And the beauty about this message, this Jesus that was so different, yeah. <laughs> was that He comes into our mess. He comes into our brokenness. He steps into man's depravity. He steps into man's separation. He steps into man's fear. He steps into man's sin. And then he cries out, Father, why have you forsaken me? I personally don't believe that the Father turned his back on Jesus. But Jesus felt what we feel when we feel distant from God. And, and the book of Psalms 22 says, no, he never, he never turned his back on Jesus. The Father was right there. Where was God the Father? He was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Come on. And that's the wow. beauty of this love that it's reaching out even to our viewers that are, that are listening today. Listeners listening yes. today. <laughs> Praise God. And so uh, you're listening to Pastor Zach Cherian of Raising Grace Fellowship. And, uh, you know, another, another verse comes to my mind as we're talking about love. Romans 8 says, who can separate us? Mm. Is there anything that can separate us? Sometimes we feel, like you said, Jesus felt, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. 
forsaken me, but the fact is he has never. No. Nothing can set your sin, yeah. your mistakes, the things you did with your eyes wide open, those yeah. cannot set God still loves, loves you. Mm. No matter what, he still loves you. You know, in Genesis, we see this beautiful story of Adam and Eve messing up, but sin gives them the illusion that the father has turned on them. Yes. And so they run and hide. And but the story is strange in that it's the father who comes looking for them. He comes saying, Adam, where are you? I know what you did, Adam, but where are you? And then Adam says, God, you know, we messed up and we're hiding. And God says, who told you? And I think those two questions are still relevant today. Where are you? Meaning, where are you positionally? And number two, who are you listening to? Mm-hmm. Who gave you that information that I'm mad at you, that I don't like you, that, I'm, that I, I'm separated from you because of your mess? And Jesus answers all that by, by telling us we are in Christ. We're in Christ. Nothing can separate us, Romans 8, yes. you said, for we are in Christ Jesus. You know, and, and who told you? Whose voice are you listening to? Don't listen to the voice of the enemy because he can only state your condition. But Jesus in Christ in love, the Holy Spirit tells us we are with him. And if we can open our hearts, he will come in and clean that up. If we could be holy without him, we would have been holy a long time ago. Yeah. You know, we would have done it ourselves. Ravi Zacharias says it beautifully. He says, holiness for man is the absence of something, but holiness to God is the presence of something. Ah, It's not what you do or don't do that makes you holy. You know, it's who you are. And and God isn't holy because he didn't smoke, chew or hang with chicks who do. (laughs) He's holy because that's who he is. But when we receive his nature in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. We receive that beautiful holiness and that love that transforms us from the inside out. And, you know, right after he asked those questions, then he did what needed to be done to begin that restoration, that that redemptive process. I love that. And, and you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, when, when, when he appears to the lady in the, in the garden, he says, go tell the disciples yes. and Peter. Yes. Oh, Peter, you messed up so bad. How can God even think of you? No, I know that boy's feeling guilty. I know that boy's feeling really down. But I saw it's coming, Peter. I told you it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And I believe in 1 Corinthians, it goes on to tell us that Jesus actually makes a special visit yeah. just to see Peter. To tell him, boy, you thought you could do it. You thought it was your love. I'll climb the highest mountain. I will. You know, it's like those of us who start the year off and we say, I'm going to read the Bible this year. And you get to Leviticus and you quit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and and you, you started off with promises because you think you can do it in your own strength. But it's that love that enables us, that empowers us to live worthy of what he's called us to be. And so before you can give it, you must receive it. Have to receive it. And so today we have a few minutes left. Would you, would you mind? I, I believe there is a listener that is grappling with love issues mm-hmm. and and you, we are limited in love and we can't go beyond our limits until we receive the love of the Father, yeah. the love of God. Mm-hmm. And it comes with forgiveness. It mm-hmm. comes with the sacrifice. I don't know what else God has to do to prove that he loves us, to prove that he loves us. He has he has done it all. Everything that needed, needed to be done it is done. And Jesus said it. It's finished. finished. Would you lead us in, in a prayer? Would you talk to that one yeah. person today yeah. and lead us in that? You know, my friend, my brother, my sister, whoever you are, um, you're not listening by accident. And today God brought you to this, to this station for such a time like this so he could reveal to you that he's not forgotten you, that you are in God's mind. The Bible says, who is man that you are mindful of him, which means God is nonstop thinking of you. It wasn't Willie Nelson who sang, you're always on my mind. It was God who first said, you're always on, you're always on his mind. And he doesn't stop thinking of you. And the, 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, but we've changed that in our theology, in our world, in our, in our preaching. We make it sound like, For God so hated the world that he sent Jesus to make us, us likable. But no, it's because he loves you. And he loves you. Can I say something to you that might sound shocking? God is not in a hurry to change you. He's in a hurry to love you, and his love will transform you. So whoever you are, my brother, my sister, would you open your heart, open your eyes, even right where you are driving with your eyes open, would you just quickly whisper this prayer in your heart, and you can welcome this person, this God who created you to come in right now and, and be the Lord of your life. And he will start this journey where you will never have to be alone and you can live with him forever. He promised he will never leave you. So whoever you are, wherever you are, just whisper this prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I don't understand it all, but I open my heart to you right now. Come be the Lord of my life from this day forward. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. My friend, you are now part of God's family. Welcome. And I want to invite you to church on Sunday. And there's a good church that I know uh, in the northeast part of town. Zach, tell us a little bit about your church. We meet at Judson on, uh, on Judson Road in 1604 at the Harris, Bernard Harris Middle School every Sunday morning at 9.55 a.m. I believe we have some of the best praise and worship you'll ever hear. I have to say that because I really truly believe that our people are so anointed. Some of the most real people. When we say come just as you, as you are, we don't mean come just as we are. There you go. We mean come just as you are. Bring your baggage, bring your sin, bring your weakness and allow God to touch you. People will welcome you, love you just the way you are every Sunday. 9 a.m., 9.30, we have a Grace Cafe. 9.55, service begins. We have a children's ministry, a youth ministry, just a very thriving church in San Antonio, the northeast side. And I welcome you all to come. And if you do come, please come and shake my hand. I would love to give you a hug. So Bernard Harris Middle School. Middle School. It's on Judson right off of 1604. And that's not that far. It may sound far, but it's not that far. It'll be worth the trip. It'll be worth the the investment. Service starts at 955. So get there. Get there on time. I heard that, uh, that, like you said, the worship is incredible. And so get there. And when you get there, make sure you meet Pastor Zach and enjoy yourself. San Antonio, thank you so much for this time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.